0: What's going on, guys? Jay Marley, back with another episode of Marley Mafia, where we talk everything from the Bills. Every now and again, we touch on politics. Always got to touch on the hottest music that's going on around in these streets. But mostly today, we're just going to stick to the Bills talk. And something that's been on my mind that I want to talk about, well, somebody I want to talk about is Dawson Knox. I've been seeing a lot of people, you know, just wanting to give up on the guy. You know, and I understand tight end is not the same position as quarterback, so You can't be as patient and it's always another great receiver or tight end coming out of the drafts. But <clears throat> for some reason, I see something special in Knox and, and I, I, I just can't, you know, I can't put my finger on what it is. You know, when we look at his stats from this year, he caught 24 receptions on 44 targets for only 288 yards. 12 yards for average, uh, three touchdowns. His longest catch was 36. Uh, He lost two fumbles. He had two fumbles and lost two fumbles. And, you know, one of the fumbles, what which game was? I think it was versus the Steelers. And he tried to reach out. Excuse me. He tried to reach out and get the first down. And as he was reaching out, I guess the ball hit the ground before, you know, his elbows or knees hit the ground. And the ball, you know, bounced out. It was a fumble. We lost the ball. You know what I mean? We still ended up winning that game. But it's those type of plays, you know, going into his third year, I don't I don't want to see any more of that. I really don't. You know, but I see a lot of positive things and Knox. But it's like for every positive thing he do, or I should say for every two positive plays he make, it's always that one negative head scratch of play where you just scratch your head and, and say – Man, what is you think it's and to me it's not a physical thing. In my opinion, because from what I see, he got he he got the body of a great tight end. You feel what I'm saying? He he when he when he do catch the ball, he's physical. He's always fighting for extra yards. Always trying to basically put you know a DB on a highlight rail, man. No matter if it's just him trying to run him over, if it's him trying to get a stiff arm off, or whatever the case might be, and I just, I feel like what knocks is more of a mental thing. I feel like once he get the mental things and the mental mistakes in order, because most of the, most, you'll see him make a crazy nice-ass catch on the sidelines. But then the next two two three plays later or the next drive, he'll be wide open in the middle of the field or wide open down the field for a huge gain. And the, and the ball is just simply, he'll simply drop it. And when I see sh- stuff like that, I believe it's more of a mental mistake than anything. You understand what I'm saying? I feel like it's it's more of a mental mistake. I feel like he thinks too much. He just needs to go out there, play ball. But then again, we can't really judge him because he hasn't had, you know, two years in, he has had the reps. But let's remember, he hasn't played a full season yet. All right. He have not played a full season yet. You know, I'm trying to bring up the, the stats of how many games he played because if I'm not mistaken, man, Dawson Knox haven't, Let's see, man, because I know I'm not mistaken. I'm I'm pretty sure he is, his two seasons here, he has not played two full games. Yeah, I think he played 15 games in his rookie season. And and this last season, I think he played around 14 games. I can't, I just had it pulled up, guys. You got to forgive me, man. I try to reorganize and have everything pulled up. Here we go. Here we go. Yes, I was right. 2019, he played 15 games, had 28 receptions on 50 targets, 388. Two touchdowns, no fumbles, no fumble losses. His long was 49 yards. 2020, he only played 12 games. So, you know, it's the the injuries he, he got coming in. I feel like if he can get healthy and if he can just get all the mental errors and mental mistakes cleaned up, I have a feeling Dawson Knox can be a top 10, top five tight end in the league. He's still young. I'm not ready to just give up on him just yet. Like some other players, I might be ready to, you know, kick the can. Or I might be ready to, you know, what is going on. You know, like Harrison Phillips. You know, he's coming off his, you know, two, you know, his knee injuries he's had. And I think we pretty much know what Harrison Phillips is going to be on the defense. He's a good rotational piece to our defense. He can come in on the line, certain plays on certain drives. And, you know, he might make a splash splash play every now and again. But he is not our Ad Oliver, right? If anything, I think Harrison Phillips is, is a younger, way less experienced. Obviously, he's less experienced than Star Luther Taylor. He hasn't been around as long. I think, what is this, uh, his third, fourth year he's coming up on? So he's just, he's just one of the examples of guys I know what they're going to be. Dawson Knox, I don't know what he's going to be yet. I don't think nobody knows what he's going to be yet. He hasn't played a full season yet. When he is on the field, he he make a great play, and then two plays later, you scratching your dang head like, yo, man, what would this – what is going on with him? But I just, you know, I want any other Dawson Knox criticizers to just be patient with him and look at it like this. We we got a tight end who has all the physical tools, right? It's just the mental game he need to he need to get in order. When you look at his drops, it's because he's looking ahead. Like I said, he's physical. He likes lowering his shoulder, he embraces the contact, he likes putting DBs on highlight rails, all of that. But see. That's the thing in the NFL with young with younger talent, man. They they before the ball even touched their hand, they thinking, hey, what can I do to try to get to the end zone? What can I do to make this DB or this safety that's coming over the top? What can I do to make this guy miss me? Or what how can I run this guy over? And that's the problem because they're doing all this thinking and trying to they're overthinking, overanalyzing things before they just simply just go out there, secure the catch whatever the football gods have in store for you after you make that damn catch, then so be it. But don't go around, you know, trying to make plays before the play is even complete. You know what I'm saying? You're trying to make a play after the ball, but you don't even have the ball secured in your hands yet. So I guess I say that to say this. I have a lot of faith in Dawson Knox. I'm still a huge fan of Dawson Knox. He didn't play much at Ole Miss. So we can't really blame him for being raw, you know. I think the same, the same love and you know patience we gave to Josh Allen, let's extend that over to Dawson Knox. Let's let's give him one more year, you know. If he if he come out this year and only played ten games for fucking twenty less than thirty receptions, less than five hundred yards, then you know maybe maybe then it will be time for us to start looking on. You know, contract is coming up in a year or two, so he gonna have to put up or you know shut up. You know, but like I said, I, I got faith in a young guy. And I think he can turn things around once he cleans up all the mental mistakes, because at the end of the day, in my opinion, that's all it is. It's a bunch of mental errors, overthinking, overanalyzing and trying to do too much. I think you need to relax. And, you know, I also think a good veteran, because let's be honest, man, Lee Smith, is, Lee Smith and Dawson Ox is two different body types, two different tight ends. You know what I'm saying? Not saying Dawson Knox is not a good blocker, but Lee Smith was never the type of tight end we want running 10, 15 yards down the field trying to make a catch on the sidelines or trying to get into the end zone. We know what Lee Smith is. We know what he was. I love Lee Smith. Right. Lee Smith is great. I think he's going to retire. And even if he don't retire, I think it might be time we move on from him because we need when defenses play us, we don't need them to just be worried about. Oh, we gotta guard Diggs. Okay, we gotta we gotta make sure we don't let Singletary dance around in the backfield and get a huge play. We gotta make sure we keep Josh Allen contained. We gotta keep an eye on Cole Beasley, one of the most shifty, one of the best slot receivers, the best slot receiver in my opinion, one of the best, top three, and he not three. That's just me being biased as a Bills fan, but I love Cole. I love myself some Cole Beasley, and like you know, I said in my in my introduction uh, episode on the last podcast. I said, you know, I got love for the Giants. I'm a Bills fan. And, you know, a lot of people might be like, how the hell did that work? How was you a Bills fan? But you also support the Giants when you lost to the Giants in the Super Bowl. Well, first of all, we should have beat the fucking Giants. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? A simple field goal, a couple feet the opposite direction, and we win that game, for one. For two, we don't play the Giants twice a year. We don't play the Giants every year. They're in a whole different conference than us, a whole different division. They're not even in the AFC. And, you know, and, and if a Bills fan tell you he don't have an NFC team that he kind of favors and he kind of support, you know, maybe he might be telling you a lie. Or, you know, he might just be strictly Bills. I'm strictly Bills. I love my Bills. You will probably never catch me in a Giants jersey. Maybe a Giants tee, but I'm all, you're always going to see me in some Bills gear. But I got a lot of love for the Giants. I got a lot of love for Eli. I got a lot of love from uh, from Michael Strahan. I got a lot of love for them boys for what they did to the Patriots and just, you know, always being the underdog. I love a good underdog story since I was a kid. I just, <laughs> Eli going against the undefeated Patriots. Can he do it? <laughs> he did it. You know what I mean? He beat them twice. So, you know, that that's, that's the type of stories I like. I love Eli. Uh, shout out to uh, Bleed Blue or Together Blue, you know, Giants. Shout out to them boys. But You know, I think the Giants got a similar, well, actually, I I, I might get flack for this, but I would take Dawson Knox any day of the week over Evan Ignam. I'm sorry. I know he was in the Pro Bowl this year, but that was because a lot of people was injured. And I don't think about all the players that opt out that would have took a spot in the Pro Bowl. You feel what I'm saying? But I, you know, it all goes back. I'm losing my train of thought. I got off topic when I started speaking about the Giants. But yeah, back to Dawson Knox, man. You know, teams need to fear our tight ends. I'm not saying we have to go out here, spend $10, $12 million on a top tight end. No. We bring in a good veteran who's been around the league. You know, Kyle Rudolph is, you know, one of my top picks. We get him in, bring him in for a decent price, and, you know, let let him, let him teach Dawson Knox. You know, Tommy Sweeney, you know, I know he got his, you know, Ill- illnesses going on and his injuries and But, you know, Tommy Sweeney, he come back, he might be able to step up in that Lee Smith role. if We got to get rid of Lee Smith and bring in a veteran and teach these guys. Because people sleep on having good veteran players on the team to teach these young players. You understand what I'm saying? That's why I love Cole Beasley being around. Because Cole Beasley can teach the Isaiah McKenzie's of the world. He can school Isaiah Hodgins of what it takes to be a successful Wide receiver in this league. Do you think Frank Gore wasn't teaching Devin Singletary things when he was in Buffalo a year ago? All right. Do you think John Brown didn't school and teach Gabe Davis or give Stefan Diggs some tips? You understand what I'm saying? So I'm with that all being said, I don't want to spend too much time on the subject. I already spent over 10 minutes on it. I'm not ready to just kick the can and give up on Dawson Knox. I'm going to give him one more year, see if we can get a full 16 games out of him, bring in a veteran tight end so he can lay back and learn and don't have all the pressure of having to be that tight end one, number one, all right? Because that's what we brought t- Tyler Croft in in the first place. You know, we brought him in that, in that tight end room to expand and have, you know, more options and have depth, but he can't stay on the field. Tommy Sweeney can't stay on the field. Dawson Knox. I mean, from, from I mean, for you know, sixteen games played, twenty nineteen. That's good. Twelve games played, twenty twenty. We are gonna need more than game more more than twelve games from from Dawson Knox next year. We definitely gonna need more than just two hundred and eighty eight receiving yards. You understand what I'm saying? So, I just think you know we give him some time. You know, and let's get on to some other news surrounding the Bills. We released my boy, Smoke. Yes. John Brown played 24 games with the Bills from 2019 to 2020, catching 105 passes for 115, no, 1,518 yards and nine touchdowns. Most of that came in 2019 because Brown, you know, he spent most of 2020 unavailable due to an injury. And when Brown was out, we had Gabe Davis and Cole Beasley step up, even Isaiah McKenzie come in and make a couple plays. And, you know, this, this is one that kind of hurts as a Bills fan. But at the end of the day, football is a business. If anything, it's a cutthroat business. We can't get attached to these players because nobody is going to be around forever. I just hope Josh Allen is around forever because, I you know, that's my boy. I want to give him the big Ben Eli Manning treatment. Keep him around until, he, until he's ready to go as long as he can continue playing at a high-caliber level. You understand what I'm saying? So I'm going to miss John Brown. I think John Brown is going to be just great. It is plenty of teams that is willing to pay him what we wasn't willing to pay him, trust me. He already came out and said he wouldn't mind going to the Colts or going to the Steelers. He said he wanted to go to the Steelers because Big Ben can still chuck the ball downfield. Well, if I'm not mistaken, I just seen a tweet earlier saying Big Ben only hit on 21 out of 70 deep ball attempts. So if he's going to Pittsburgh strictly to play with Big Ben, I love you, John Brown. I love you, Smoke, but don't get your hopes up. All right. I like John Brown, I think he's going to be great. He was great for the two years we had him. I'm I'm sad he missed so much time because you could definitely tell this season when John Brown wasn't in the lineups, it was a, it was tougher for our offense to move the ball. Even, you know, what Stephon digs, but it's only so much you can do with just one superstar receiver. You need that other receiver on the opposite side of the field that's also a threat. And that's what John Brown was, man. You make one fucking mistake when you're trying to guard him, and he's going to take off down the field 30, 40 yards and leave your ass in the dust. Right? We've seen him do it to the best of the best. You know, I know all my Bills fans listening to this, I know y'all remember that um, that Patriots game in 2019, I believe it was the second meeting we had against them boys. And John Brown just gave it to Stefan Gilmore, turned them all around and went deep down the field of, what was it, a 40-50-yard touchdown. All right, and another reason I want to give John Brown his roses and his flowers before he just disappeared out of the mind of most Bills fans come this time next year. John Brown played an extremely crucial role in Josh Allen's development. Having a legitimate deep threat that Josh Allen could rely on and chuck that ball up and know he got a chance of this guy burning the other guy and bringing it and taking it to the house. That was huge. So John Brown is going to be missed. But this story is not all sad because, you know, with us releasing Brown, we're saving nearly $8 million in cap. That $8 million repaying, let's go give that to a good ass defensive end. a car lawson, for example. Or let's lose, let's, let's use that eight to try to bring back Milano. You know, maybe he's gonna want more. You feel what I'm saying? But at the end of the day, I don't want to overpay Matt Milano because he's another one who have a lot of. Health issues, if that makes sense. You know, injury prone, I should say. I don't know, well, I shouldn't say injury prone, but he's had a couple injuries. All right, let's be honest here. But at the same time, when Matt Milano wasn't on that field, you could tell Matt Milano wasn't on that field. All right, our, our defense was not the same defense without him. But let's not pretend like we can't we can't get another Matt Milano. Matt Milano wasn't a first round pick. If I'm not mistaken, we got him in what, the third or fourth round? So that's the thing with good teams and good GMs. Good teams and good GMs, if you draft good, if you draft good and you draft consistently every year, you're not worried about one of your top guys leaving. Because you always got that circulation and that flow of new young talent coming in to learn and step up and take that role, right? So, shout out to my boy Smoke. I wish you the best with whatever team you go you go to. I'll be rooting for you 16 games a year or 17 if, the, if, if you know, with the games going on. I will be rooting for you, my boy, unless you play in my bills only time I'm going to be rooting against you. Shout out, John Brown. I really, really appreciate the two solid years you brought to us. And I appreciate your role in Josh Allen development. I really do. Okay, in addition to the Brown news, we also released Quentin Jefferson. And he appeared in 16 games with the Bills, had three socks, three sacks, 23 tackles and one forced fumble. We saving six point five million dollars off the cap with him. I'm not sure I 100% agree with letting Quentin Jefferson go, but I understand it. You know, if he's not willing to restructure his con his contract, then hey man, you know, uh, as much as I like you, you gotta go. This is a, uh, the cap is only 180 something million this year 184, 182, something around that mark. Don't quote me on that. But if you're not willing to take a pay cut and help the team, then, then, you know, we got to move on from you. Let's not pretend like he was the most productive guy because he wasn't. You understand what I'm saying? Nobody on our D-line was extremely consistent this year. Jerry Hughes might be the closest. And even he had his moments. Mario Addison, same thing with him. You know, Mari Addison. You know, what I mean, we win that game versus the Cardinals if we simply make that sack. But I mean, come on, it's Kyler Murray. It's Kyler Murray. Let's. Come, it's Kyler Murray, man. All right. We don't even know if Miles Garrett make that sack. Kyler Murray is just that elusive. But I wish the best to Quentin Jefferson. I wish you know it could have worked out better when we had him last year. I wish he could have been more productive. I was hoping to would see at least five sacks from my boy. All right. And he played all 16 games. So uh, not really the most productive year. All right. And now we also got Vernon Butler agreeing to terms of a reduced deal. And I would rather have Quentin Jefferson than Vernon Butler. But Vernon Butler, he was willing to restructure his co- his contract. All right. So. I salute that, you know, if you're willing to take a pay cut and stick around on the team and, you know, try to run it back another year, I'm all for that. But at the end of the day, something has got to change with this damn D line. Because all the flaws in our defense, it's not, it's, it's not Jordan Poyer, right? It's not Michael Hyde. it, it It's not Tredavis White. All right. Our secondary is legit. Even with Levi Wallace, I'm not comfortable with him being CB2. Uh, At this point, I wouldn't mind, you know, having seen what Dane Jackson can do. You know, them seventh and late round picks, they be having chips on their shoulders. You know what I mean? You, You mess up out there, and them late round draft picks, they got something to prove. They got family to feed, just like the next guy. So they be having a lot to prove. And I like Dane Jackson. I like physical corners. I like cornerbacks that come up and help in the run game, not scared to tackle. That's what I like about Tyron Johnson. Same thing with him. Mr. Pick 6. Mr. Give me that. Take it to the house. My boy. All right. I love Ed Oliver. I do. I love A.J. Epinesa. But we need more production from our defensive line. We will not win a Super Bowl if we can't consistently stop the run. Defense wins championships, and, and we're right there. We're so close. We should have beat the Chiefs, but that's a different conversation for a different episode. I'm not going to get into that, right? But seeing what the Bucks did to them boys in the Super Bowl, maybe I'm biased. I know we don't got as much talent as, you know, the Bucks do, but God damn it, we not that far off, all right, and shit, we could have beat them boys, I feel like it was a poor game plan, and even worse exec- execution from the team, but I feel like we, we could have beat them guys, right, so I don't want to give up Dawson Knox, I'm gonna miss John Brown, but this is not the end of John Brown's career. He, trust me, he gonna have plenty. We got plenty more good years in him. If he can stay healthy, any team is gonna be lucky to have that guy in there. Great guy in the locker room, and even better guy on the field. Quentin Jefferson, eh? he will be missed, but he wasn't the most productive guy. But I, I would rather have him around, you know, than some other guys that's still on the team, right? Vernon Butler, it's time to put up a shut up. Next year, we, we we need we need to see a change in this defensive line, right? Matt Milano, I would love to have this guy back. You know, it's something about the players we draft that actually want to be in Buffalo that I really get attached to. Not saying Matt Milano wants to be in Buffalo, but I haven't seen anything that says otherwise. You know what I'm saying? You got the Stephon Gilmore's at the world who, who never wanted to be here from the jump, but those homegrown Bills players. I got a lot of love for those guys. You understand what I'm saying? Maybe that's why I'm so lenient with Dawson Knox. If Dawson Knox was somebody we brought in in free agency and he was performing the way he was performing, I'd be like, hey, man, get the hell on. Cut him. Get rid of him. Let's upgrade. Since he's homegrown and we brought him in, as, and, you know, out of college, you know, I, I, I you know, I, I can't explain it, but I I get attached to those guys because I see them guys come in from, the, from their college days and I see them working hard and, And every player in the NFL deserves the money they get. And, you know, a a lot of people might not agree, but they deserve the money they're asking for. You know, even Dak Prescott with the huge amount of money he got. We all know in the NFL, one wrong play, one bad play, that's all it takes to end your damn career. And you might not ever be able to step on the field again. Alex Smith is a fucking perfect example of who could have lost it all. But he fought back. But every player is not going to be Alex Smith. Every player is not going to have the drive and the will to come prove the world wrong like Alex Smith got. So I, I salute these players getting money. And I, I said it on Twitter. i say it again. I'm not a Cowboys fan. I don't like the Cowboys, mostly because they fan base, right? So if you ask me, they should have paid Dak Prescott double what they gave him. <laughs> you know what I mean? They should have they gave him double. You know, that, that's just me, you know. But that's pretty much all I got to say for this episode. Shout out to all of my Bills fans that tune in and listen. I really appreciate you guys. Also, you probably know by now the title I said in the beginning. I figured out the name, Marley Mafia. I spin off of Bills Mafia. I'm Jay Marley. <laughs> Marley Mafia, I think it's a good podcast name. Some people already told me it was corny. But, hey, man, everybody, everything is not for everybody. And I'm not one of those guys that's going to sit around and, oh, well, this guy said it's not a good name. So I'm not going to use this name. No, nah, I like it. Marley Mafia. Because once I get my fan base and my people listening that come around, we're going to be just like Bill's Mafia. We're a family. We're going to stick together. If you're listening to this, I hope you have a blessed day. Hope you enjoyed the podcast. You know, like I said, this is only my second episode in. I know I'm not the best at this, and I'm pretty sure it's a million other better bills podcasts than this. But, hey, man, I'm learning. This is something I want to do, something I want to stick with. This man, Jay Marley. I'm signing off. Thank you for listening. Peace.